Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Head over to iTunes and leave us some reviews. We like seeing those. And be sure and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss an episode. Download straight to your phone. No worries there. If you're still looking for that great hunt this fall and winter, look no further. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Come with us. www.stanfieldhunting.com. Got take care of you on anything you want. Uh, waterfowl, dove, duck, hog, pheasant, deer. You name it, we can take you up, put, put you on the birds, the animal, whatever you want to do. Holler at us. we got some specials. I'm going to have some October pheasant and dove specials. Come in, $250, do an afternoon dove hunt, spend the night, breakfast, next morning do a pheasant hunt for $250. And that's a four-gun minimum on that hunt. I can do that in September and October. I've got some dates left in November, not a lot for waterfowl hunting. I can do some duck hunts still in Texas and in Oklahoma. So anyways, look us up at stanfieldhunting.com, and that's 940-658-3172. Thank you. Well, you even ended with a little thank you. How I'm nice. Trying to change my ways, Andy. This podcast is also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industry. The best. The best silhouettes on the market. Got the new skinny shirt. That's right. That's a good looking t-shirt. Good looking hashtag. They've been have they've uh, they've had that in the bag for quite a while. Um can't say enough about Dive Bomb. They're what we use every day, seven days a week. They pass the torture test. Rain, snow, sleet, mud, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, the stake system is just the greatest. The bags, they pack up. Can't say enough about them. They're kicking ass is what they're doing. Go to divebombindustries.com. Go with the numbers this year, guys. Big numbers of decoys means more birds in your bag. Divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Only takes one. It only takes one. They're changing the game. Business is back in style. Everybody's coming out with their own bismuth line, but remember that the guys at Boss brought it to you first, and they made it better, quite frankly. All made in America, Brandon Sarecki and the guys over there. I shouldn't say guys because Meg's over there. Kicking ass, taking names. They had a great great weekend at, at uh, Game Fair, I saw. Absolutely great. Uh, only takes one, like Jeff said. They're copper plating all of their BBs. Holds a denser pattern. More BBs on target. No shotgun shell boxes either. That's right. That's right. They're just innovative. Innovative is the word. Go to BossShotShells.com or call them. You might not get off the phone with them because they can talk. They know their shit. But uh, get your shotgun shells for this year because it's coming up quickly. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Best spinners on the market. Waterproof. Yeah, you can't shoot field mallards without some spinners. Lucky Duck's the way to go. And if you're shooting Phil Mallage, you know, not a whole lot of water, which is even better. But, yeah, go to uh, LuckyDuck.com, get all of the spinners. The more spinners, the better. Like Jeff said, if you're hunting those Phil Mallards or Phil Ducks, you need at least a half a dozen spinners. Lucky Duck can hook you up. LuckyDuck.com, the way to go. We're also brought to you by 737. The boys in Oklahoma making that duck call just sweet, sweet sound. Direct to your door. No more big box stores or anything like that. You go straight to them. They send you a duck call the next day. Color combos, all kinds. They can etch what you want on there. They got logos they can put on there. They'll take care of you. I blow the old number one. Not right there. Should be enough for everybody else. <laughs> what, what's that little hmm, Endorsed for? by Jeff. That's right. 737 duck calls. You can pick out what you want. Only call I've ever endorsed. That's right. Only ever. company that would ever let me endorse their call. It really, <laughs> really is. But yeah, 737duckcalls.com, and they can get it out to you 
Great customer service. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. All of our guys, all of our sponsors, folks, great customer service will take care of you. Every one of them. Uh, we're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. There's no more sense. There's no sense at all to set a decoy spread out in the dark. Modern technology, put the put these lights everywhere. Put them on your truck, on your trailer. Light it up. Turn that switch on and light that puppy up. That way you can see exactly what you're doing. No more. That's the, you know that's the number one cause of breaking your decoys is tripping over them. Turn on those lights. You're saving decoys that way. Think of it that way. Saving your investment. SeaLightLEDs.com. They're what we use. Put them on your trailer, folks. There ain't nothing worse than having a bunch of guys with headlamps blinding each other. Set up on the, the trailer. They're up in the air a little bit. It shines down on like being in a football stadium. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Last but not least, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine. Good wine. I like wine. WilliamandChrisWines.com. And pick whatever, you know, whatever Chris has got made at the time. You can pick it. He'll ship it to you. They're the best. I love it. Good Texas wine. Or if you're at HEB, Whole Foods, Central Market, any of those types of places, you can find it there. But, yeah, WilliamandChrisWines.com. Great stuff if you're a wine drinker. Even if you're not a wine drinker, it can turn you into a wine drinker. WilliamandChrisWines.com. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined once again by uh, the man, Trevor Shanahan. He uh, shot out of a cannon, as always, winning goose and duck calling titles all over the country. Recently won Rogers. Uh, that, that is one thing. At the beginning, uh, had some shit fucked up. But anyway, all, all you misses, he said he won Rogers and duck and goose. Go figure. So this is also our week one pick em. We uh, Jeff and I... We've decided to do this. Hi, Jameson. We've decided to do our pickums a little bit different. We're going to add a guest every week. Trevor is our week one guest, and this also has anyway. This episode also has our week one pickum, so we'll be keeping that up to date all season long. So, anyway, here he is, Trevor Shanahan.
All right. If we don't start talking, I'm going to strangle them. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver, and on the line, we've got uh, the recent winner of the Rogers contest. You pretty much won the whole contest, didn't you, Trevor Shanahan? How are you? I bet them some bitches that call against you when you walked in there were like, boy, I hope that fucker chokes on himself today. Is there some hatred in that deal? It's, it's not based on the calling. It's based on the... It's based on how I deal with them, but that was uh, that was a facade that I put on by choice, and it's worked, and it makes the wind even even sweeter a little bit. I'm I'm kind of the bad guy, like like the old uh, wrestling heels. But <laughs> so go ahead and piss everybody off. How much did you prepare for this uh, for the for the Rogers contest? How many how many days out? Um, I turned the insert. Uh, that I turned and tuned the insert that I blew in the in the goose contest the day or the night before I left, um, and I think I'd blown, I think on the call that I was playing on call and I blew like three or four routines that week before, and then on the duck call I don't know probably seven between seven to ten routines uh, starting like you know two or three I was actually really sick. I got sick on the way home from uh, from the goose contest, and uh, <clears throat> and was kind of sick all week and couldn't really practice. But I kind of got I don't know maybe maybe ten practice routines in on the duck call before before the uh, that duck deal, and just I got super lucky in that because it's so e- it that main street calling it's so easy to make a mistake that you know if if you're doing what I did and get through three clean it's. It's more luck than skill, honestly. Right. At that point in time, so how- it's just you, you know, because I, I blew, I blew two practice routines that morning, and both of them I messed up big time in. So, it's like, and then just happened to pop three clean ones out, you know, in the contest. Where did you mess up in your in your uh, ones that morning? Oh, I don't. It, two two different, you know, two different places, but you know, in, in those practice. So will that but fuck with it, you on a practice if you mess up in a certain spot and then you get to that spot in your routine? Like, do do you kind of tread into it lightly, or how does that work with your mindset? Oh, I don't tread into anything lightly on a call. I'm calling for first or last is is the way that I look at it. And, um, and you, you know, want enough? It, it, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the way that most most batters are swinging in the MLB now. I'm going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. Yeah. You know. So it, it's kind of it's kind of that deal, and it just it it works. You know, if if you go by the analytics, it works. You know, more times more times than not, it's you know it's effective to do it that way. So, how much do you think that the other guys practice on on their routine? You think probably that, like the guys that are continuously up at the top. Do you, you think they're pretty much like you and just kind of run through it a couple times, or do you think that they practice quite a bit? Everybody's different, honestly. So, I mean, I can tell you right now. The dude who beat me in the open goose, I bet you he practiced even less than I did. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet you Robbie practiced for that contest even less than I did. Um, but his his routine, it's the same way as mine. It's been the same for so long. And, you know, we might make little teeny tiny changes, but it's been the same for so long. Just kind of go into cruise control on, you know, on something like that. Yeah. Did did you and, use and, to and, videotape and, yours, your routines? Go ahead, finish your statement, but... Go ahead. Uh, and I was just going to say, and, and that kid is just like one of, like by far, one of the top three most talented goose callers to ever walk the face of the earth, too. So, um, you know, it's, you know, if, in my opinion, if he blows clean and I blow clean, he should beat me. Um, you know, and that, and that's kind of the way I look at it. And, 
honestly, I hit a I hit a fairly sizable mistake uh, in that open goose. I didn't think I should even be top five, and but only one judge caught it. So what was you know, it's kind of um, it really it, it it honestly sounded worse in person than when I went back and watched it on tape. I said, ah, that didn't sound that bad. But it, it sounded, you know, because they, they broadcast live on, you know, Facebook Live or whatever, the the, the contest there. Mm-hmm. And I went back and watched it, and I said, it didn't sound that bad on video, but, you know, myself and everybody else back at the bullpen, we were like, oh, yeah, that was pretty bad. And I was like, oh, dang it. And I was like, I stayed here for freaking three extra hours that I could have been driving to that wedding <laughs> <laughs> for two, for two hundred for 250 bucks for 10th place. Yeah. And they just kept calling names, and I kept expecting my name to be called. And they got to the top five, and I'm like, well, at this point in time, they probably didn't hear it. Right. I said either they did, I was like either they didn't hear it or I just had such a big lead that it didn't matter and I was like I don't see that happening. Um and that's I legitimately one judge heard it, gave me a zero and uh and you know, the rest of the one judge said he heard it and he knocked me one point for it, but in my opinion it was it was more than a one point mistake, but um it's you know you have that happen and then you have contests where guys do the same thing and beat you so you kind of just take take the good with the bad. Yeah, and you made your wedding. Yeah, I got one hour of sleep on the drive to Ohio. Uh, got there, did a groomsman uh, breakfast and everything. You know, took uh, took a quick shower, got dressed. You know, we went and took pictures. Had the wedding at eleven thirty, and then proceeded to drive all the way back to Maryland too. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I have I have one hour uh, one hour of sleep, and then you're... Uh, luckily, luckily I had my parents with me on the on the drive home because oh. they drove my car out there, and I just rented a car and drove from Kansas City, so they did they did most of the driving on the way home. And then but you were was, back in Kansas City the next week. Yep, back in Kansas City on on Friday night the next week. Just taking just taking these poor people's money. <laughs> I'm greedy, man. What can I say? I like money. Guys like you and Robbie just have to love that Rogers keeps having you back every year, where where you can't yeah. win out, and you know, I mean, it's just oh, absolutely. And, and and the great thing about that contest is, you know, for the goose, for the duck and goose, until the last two years when they took on so many more contests that they had to pull money from the opens to pay for, um, you know, the all the all the other contests that they got. Um, they were five hundred dollars for sixth through tenth. So basically, if you finish ten, all you had to do was make third round. If you finish tenth place, you you paid you essentially paid for your weekend, right? You know, because I'm usually I usually you know have my hotel paid for by Rogers because I judge like all the all the uh, junior and other stuff, and then I can normally get a hotel room. I mean, I can normally get a flight for about three hundred bucks round trip, and. And, you know, entry fees are about 200 bucks. You know, figure in maybe 100 bucks food for two nights or whatever. And it's, you know, it's not too, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Like, it's, it's I can call like crap, finish 10th place, and, and just have a basically free vacation weekend. Yeah. Can't beat it. And you get, uh, uh, you get a lot of publicity for your calls. How is that going, by the way? You still cranking them out uh, right now? Yeah, it's starting to, it's starting to pick back up. This is, you know, I'm filling a lot of store orders and everything right now. Um, but like the individual orders and, and everything are, are starting to pick back up. You know, it's, it's the season. So we, our season 
doesn't come in until December 14th or something like that. Um, cause we got cut back to 30 days. We were 50 days. So we used to have, uh, we used to have eight, I think it was eight days in November. Like we were open for Thanksgiving and then we opened like December 13th, 14th and ran all the way through February, you know, anywhere from February 1st to February 5th. Um, so now what we are is we run, uh, January, I think it's January or, uh, December, December 4th. Yeah. December 14th to like January 4th. And then we close for like 10 days. And then I think we run January 14th to January 31st or something like that. So, that, <coughs> so they basically cut 10 days off the front and two weeks off the back. Yeah. It was, it, it came to like 10 off the front and then, and then like seven in the middle and three off the end. <laughs> So what? What's yeah, that, I mean, what's that going to do? Well, they they strategically actually did it around the best times to hunt and the best times to afford people opportunity to hunt because they they wanted to make sure that they gave us stuff at that. Uh, um, actually, I think it might be like December twenty first or whatever. It's like the Friday before Christmas or something like that that it opens up. But they wanted to make sure that they had the Christmas holidays through New Year's Eve covered and then take whatever out and then run it all the way till the end of january um because that's when our best our best hunting is in january and then what what's the limits this year it's like it's wanted two one. canadas yep. one one we we've been two my so not my entire life uh when i was very young right at the end i think it was one bird and then the moratorium came in for i think it was six seven years something like that came back in it was a one bird 30 day season for one or two seasons and then it went to two birds in 45 days and then it went to 50 days with the two bird limit for i think it switched that like 2011 2012 and then this year is going to be our first year back on one bird in 30 days and it's not required by the federal framework but we were so close to getting to that threshold where it would be required that we did it, that they just the the flyway council chose to do it as a preemptive strike, so as not to uh, you know not to chance having another moratorium if if we could prevent it. Mm. That, that you got to be hardcore to go out there for one bird. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, one bird. What's the difference between one bird and two birds? Honestly, still one two one two shells. Yeah. 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 It, it might take you from two tolls of birds to get your limit to one toll of birds to get your limit, but still, you know, it, uh, we don't, I mean, there is days where I'll hunt like you guys and I'll set up, you know, I'll set up a big rig, but like my big rig's probably not even close to what your guys is. It's, you know, last year I was hunting two to 400 avian X's uh a lot of times because that's what it required to kill geese last year they were they were getting tough but you know my entire life i grew up running four dozen stuffers at the most like that was a big rig wow. unless we we're getting a push day and then we were we would set up about 500 silhouettes but you know just just to run traffic on on migrating geese but we we almost never get push days during the season anymore they get down here before the season and then we hunt the same birds all, all year long doesn't take long for them to get educated 
Yeah, and they've been getting hammered, you know, by Pennsylvania and, and New York. Yeah, that was the entire way down. And uh, and then they get hammered by everybody and their brother on the Eastern Shore. I mean, there's, there is no place like the Eastern Shore as far as hunting pressure on Canada geese goes in the entire country. It's just, it's super condensed pressure. I mean, you drive a mile and you'll see 10 rigs set up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just, I've, I've never seen anything like it for Canada geese. Now, I've seen stuff like it for ducks, you know, in certain parts of the country, but never for Canada's. Now, will you travel to, to hunt waterfowl, ducks, and geese, or do you pretty much stay in Maryland? Uh, anymore, I don't travel much. I mean, I used to I used to guide all over the country and up in Canada and everything, too. Um, but just anymore, I have so much going on here at home, I just can't. I can't really travel too much. I might take, you know, I'm I'm going back to Stuttgart this year um, to to blow on World Duck, and you know I might go down there and hunt for two or three days while I'm down there. But outside of that, I probably won't do too much outside of outside of Maryland. Um, so I'm kind of gonna. I mean, I hunt Delaware and, and Pennsylvania and New Jersey every now and then, but. I pretty much stick to Maryland, and honestly, last year I I barely even fun hunted. If I wasn't getting paid to paid to go kill geese for people, I I really didn't hunt too much. I just kind of geese or geese to me. Like I much rather shoot ducks. Like I, I would travel to go shoot ducks, but to go shoot a can of goose, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> the the um. So what what's the average uh, group size that you'll have out there? How many guys would would you take out? last year so we we try to we try to limit everything between four and six um i can take i can take as many as 10 in one of our in one of our pits um but we try and keep it four to six and you know about about the biggest i think the largest we took last year was eight um and it's only because we had two groups of four first two days they were here they you know i took one group another guy you know, the guy who runs the whole operation took uh, the other group, and then the last day they all wanted to hunt together. So we just kind of we combined forces because they're like, we really want to hunt together. I'm like, okay, we'll do it. You know, we don't normally do it, but we'll do it. And put them in a, in a hot field, and they got out of there pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly. So it, it was all good. Are they- um, but that the way we hunt, we're in-and-out hunters. You know, we try and take two tolls at the max if we can to get our limit and get the heck out because that's the way that we create good hunting day in and day out and, and don't have to have so many farms to do it is by getting in, getting out and, you know, doing it efficiently with, without educating too many geese. That's why we also run real small spreads so that we can pick them up right. really quick and get out of there. Yeah. What do y'all, uh, what are the boys doing that are guides out, out on the East coast? Are a lot of them getting out of the business or is a, a booking still up? What's going on there? I mean, almost all of the major guide services that I've talked to are still completely booked for the whole season. So they've been trying to renegotiate some of their pricing on their, on their fields. Um, and you know, we actually, we did it on one of our farms. Um, you know, we went from about eight grand a year on one farm down to about five grand a year. As we're like, well, they cut, you know, they basically cut us from five to three, you know, so we cut that down from eight to five. Yeah, what? makes sense. That's what I mean. That's makes sense. That's what I would do. So, you got eight guys out there. How many? You know, what's the average size flock that'll come in? 
Um, we actually, we don't really, we will not shoot in. We won't even try and work a flock over like maybe 25, 30, uh-huh. um, unless it's a, unless it's a bad day. Uh, we're not hunting little geese, you know, we're hunting, we're hunting the smallest subspecies of the greater Canada goose. Um, it's Branta canadensis, canadensis, it's the Atlantic flyway, uh, goose. What is referred to as the AP, um, which is the is the breeding flock that uh, breeds in northern Canada. Um, that's the bulk of what we're shooting because we are the end. We're we are the end of the Atlantic Flyway for the bulk of that population of geese. Um, and they're probably about seven to eight pound Canadas. Mm-hmm. So little, you know, a little bit bigger than a lesser, um, but not like these big old. <laughs> big old honkers that you'll kill in Nebraska or Minnesota or anything, you know, they're, they're not, they're definitely not golf course geese. <laughs> right. So what, what's the average size flock? Maybe eight, 10. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what per- we ideal. Shoot for. Yeah. We shoot for like anywhere from, I mean, we, a lot of times we'll shoot, we'll shoot a limit on pairs, just pairs coming in, which is great because very rarely do you let one get out. So you're not educating birds. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, last year we had to change it up a little bit because birds were grouping up in bigger groups. Last year, average flock size that I shot into was probably about 30, uh, 30 to 40, which is a lot larger than I would normally do. You know, normally it's probably 8 to 12 is what we're shooting into. So but you- we, we, hunt, we hunt a lot different than a lot of the people around us, too. Um, but it's, it's also part of why we have su- the success that we do, you know, where even on a bad year, I think last year we had like a 92% limit rate, something like that. It was, it was hot. We're, we're normally like a 99 to 100% limit rate. Last year was really tough and we dropped probably 8 to 10%, but, um, we still had really good success. You just tell everybody, shoot straight, boys. We can get out of here. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I tell them, I'm like, hey guys, um, you know, normally I wouldn't do this. Uh, and, you know, I was by halfway through the season, I was giving them the whole spiel. It's like, normally I don't do this, but if we have a single or a pair drop out, uh, I, I've been burnt so many times by them. I was like, I would, and it's because we have so many repeat clients that they're not even expecting me to call a shot on a single or a pair dropping out of the group. They expect me to let them land and work to, you know, work the group around and then get a good shot at the good group of, you know, eight to 12 birds coming back around. I was telling them last year, Hey, if we get that singular or pair, I've had it way too many times this year where they land and the group just <laughs> heads right on off. And I was like, so be ready for, you know, if I'm looking at these top birds and don't think that they're going to do it, I'm going to call a shot on these singles and pairs. And I never do that. But last year it was, we had such a bad hatch. It was all old, uh, you know, wised up birds and they were ignorant. How many? It was, it was by far the hardest hunting I've ever had. Do you, do you shoot ducks much when you're goose hunting out there in the spring? No, I, I, we used to have some, we used to have some really good duck spots and it, it's crazy. Maybe eight years ago or so, the two just great duck spots that I have just overnight shut off and we haven't killed ducks in them ever since. I mean, what about in the goose Not spread? Do y'all kill widgeons or anything while y'all are goose hunting? Uh, no, our, so our birds don't really dry feed very much. 
um, on the northern shore. They'll dry feed a little bit down on the southern shore, um, but that's two, three hours away, so I don't really hunt down there. Um, the, the furthest any of my fields is from my house is about half an hour. Uh, so we have, we have about eight, we have eight to 10 farms inside a half an hour from my house that we, that we got on. Well, some pretty, um, pretty country there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's the, the whole shore is so tight. I mean, it's, everything's real close. I mean, I'm legitimately, I can be to Baltimore in an hour and 15 minutes. I can be to Philly in an hour and 15 minutes, but it's where a normal city would have urban sprawl an hour outside of the city they they don't they're basically we are completely separated from everything because we're a peninsula so almost the entire peninsula is just straight countryside it's all farmland it's it's definitely a very unique area uh of the country it's it's a lot it's a lot different than pretty much anywhere else <laughs> what's the main crop that's out there uh corn and beans and then you know some guys do winter wheat but we also because of the Chesapeake Bay we also have a huge uh, state-funded um, cover crop wheat program, where basically planters come, or uh, farmers come in and they broadcast wheat. While the, a lot of times they do it while the corn is still up, so it starts growing underneath that shade, so uh, so it can get started growing before the weeds have a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do is they do cover crop to uh, help prevent erosion. So they pay the farmers to plant it and not harvest it. They plant it, they leave it, they leave it sit, and then they just kind of till it in. So it also, they're basically getting paid to put organic matter into their soil. The geese love that. What was that? The geese love that that under that undergrowth. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they get in the wheat fields on uh, warmer days and on on snow days too, because wheat wheat is a lot easier to find than kernels of corn or beans. Um, but uh, you know, on uh, <laughs> when it's when it's snow covered, all they got to do is dig in the snow and pick some green instead of have to find a little kernel of, of grain. Yeah, how do you hide in the wheat fields? Uh, well, I, I mean, all of our all of our hunting's done either out of pits or out of a frames. But I mean, I'll stick an a frame right out in the middle of a wheat field and and, and grass it up, and then put some. I, I like to put some sticks you know branches or whatever Mm -hmm. with some bundles of grass on them on the uh, like on the outside corners to break up the just squareness of the blind um and kind of make it so it's not hard edges um but you know that's i kind of do that out in you know out in the middle of a wheat field and never had any issue really killing killing birds out of them Andy's not a fan of hiding an A-frame in the middle of the wheat field. I've done it one time. Zach and Blake have done it. I've done it one time. I got burned, and, like, you're looking at your cli- – first of all, like, the clients don't think that it's going to work. Yes. The clients don't yep. think that – and when yep. it doesn't work, they're just like, well, fucking told you. That's a lot of times <laughs> I have a, I have hundreds of old uh, shells, two-piece shells, mm-hmm. and I just – I'm not going to take the time to put heads on them and – a client, I mean, it is a given. The clients will say, you know, I can put heads on them decoys? <laughs> nah. I was like, they're just fillers. I said, they're, they're like sleeper shells. Yeah. Well, they can't, they, they can't see they don't have heads? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, they can't see that they don't have heads. One time, I think I did a hunt like that, and we only ended up killing like two or three birds or something, and they're like, I think they're seeing that them decoys don't have heads. Right. I was like, man. I, I was like, 
I, I can tell you I've done it a hundred sometimes and had no issues. I said they're just they're not wanting this field today. Yeah. See, and but, there was a question. Oh, it was a year or so ago, and it was what What is the biggest difference between guiding hunts for pay and guiding hunts for or, and just kind of fun hunts basically and i told them yeah you know you're gonna find yourself if you're if you're taking money from people you're gonna play it safe more often than not you're not gonna give yourself that ability to explore something else that might work absolutely i mean that's that that is the biggest thing you're not gonna go on the wild goose chase that could be it could potentially be one of the greatest hunts you've ever been on, but you could also potentially not see a single goose the entire day. Yep. You're not gonna you're not gonna risk that. You're gonna go to the safe field that is you know gives you the best possible chance to produce for your clients, and that's that's the only fair thing to do to your clients. Absolutely. You know, you, you can't be like, hey guys, you know this this is gonna be an all or nothing hunt. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to go on that. You know, the one time that they get the all, they'd be like, oh, that was awesome. And while we're over here, you know, sweating bullets, that <laughs> it's going to suck. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of times where I've gone on hunts and I'm like, I, dude, one time the Chesapeake Bay froze two feet thick. I went out with, you know, a couple of us went out with chainsaws and cut a... 30 foot by 40 foot hole in the ice. It took us three hours to cut this hole in the ice. And it was close enough, uh, close enough to the shore that we dropped a a circulator in it to keep it open overnight and ran, you know, ran electric and and kept it open overnight. And we knew the ice was so thick that it really couldn't shift right there. And went out and hammered bluebills and you know a couple puddle ducks and everything and and uh and some buffalo heads and whatnot on it i mean just hammered them all day long i think we ran like 10 people through there on limits but that was that was a wild goose chase and we never would have done it with paid paid clients but that's one of those times where it's just something so stupid that it might work and and you have a great feeling about it but it could also turn out to be a bust and you look like an idiot yeah how cold does it have to get for it to freeze two and a half feet? I'm going to say that it was about 10 degrees for like two and a half, three weeks straight. Because you got to remember that's, it's brackish, but right. it's pretty, you know, it's pretty salty. And it's pro and it's moving a lot too, huh? Yeah. The, uh, so, I mean, along the, along the edges of the bay, it's not moving too much. I mean, it has tide, but it's not ripping. Um, out in the current, it's a little more, and then in the rivers, you get a little more. You get a little more of, of a current that'll keep water open up in the rivers. That's why when it gets real cold, we'll go back into the into the rivers and shoot divers there. But do you uh, do you? I mean, is it ever just? just unbearably cold there or is it always just kind of mild Fuck you know 10 below so no, no, 10 no, degrees no, 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 no. on a normal on a normal winter what's the coldest that you'll that you'll see it normal winter well i would say normal for the last 10 years has been very temperate with the exception of it was two i guess it, yeah it was two years ago when we when we did that on the on the bay um, you know, we might get a few days like zero degrees or whatever here and there, but it, it's mostly fairly temperate over the last 10 years. Now, the 10 years 
prior to that, when I was, you know, when I was hunting, it was very cold almost all season. We've seen a monstrous shift in in the weather that we get uh, during winter, uh, you know, starting about 10 years ago. Do you still get, do you get a lot of snowfall? Uh, no, not much. Uh, when we do, we get it all at once. Right. It, it, we typically get real bad blizzards. Um, where we used to get, you know, when I was growing up and in high school and everything, we would get two to three inches, you know, a few times, you know, a few times a month. Now we won't get any snow in December. We might get, you know, three or four inches in, in January, then the end of February and beginning of March, we get hammered with like two, three feet at a time. Yeah. And it's out of you know it's out of hunting season. Only thing only thing that's going on is is snow season, and it it screws the snow goose hunters up so bad, you know, because they got most of them don't have enough gray decoys in their in their spread to to stand out, you know, on solid snow. Do you do that any? Do you do the snow goose hunts any? Not much. Uh, we so I I do a lot of scouting for snow goose hunting. Um, if I if I get a farm and can't rent it out. We'll go out and we'll set up and, you know, get one good rip into them and, and, you know, try and, try and waylay them. But, uh, now nah, it's uh, most of the time I just go out and do a bunch of scouting, call up. There's two snow goose guides that I give phone calls to and rent them the field for the day. Yeah. That's, that's probably what I would do too. I'm not that mad at them this, there's nothing, this time of year. There's nothing fun <laughs> about snow goose spring hunting. It's, yeah, snow goose, snow goose hunting is, uh, a lot it's too much like work for me to want to do <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with you on that see but. and the snowfall is kind of how it is here like we're either up to our asses in it or we don't get it ever yeah but like the the little dustings here and there like we'll never get that we either get a fucking blizzard or we're not going to get anything at all yep how's uh how's the uh hatch report look for you guys how's the what the hatch report look for you guys um I, I haven't seen anything definitive on it, but I think like from the initial like reports and everything, it was supposedly either an average to slightly above average hatch. Um, but I haven't seen I haven't seen the exact reports. I'm just going off of you know what some people have told me, but um, it, it can't be any worse than last year was. I mean, last year was historically low. I think there was like point two or point three. Uh, hatchlings survive per nest Ooh, yeah brutal there was a lot there was a lot of nests that didn't even have eggs on them when they went to count wonder what contributed to that just not ideal conditions predators yeah yeah it was very 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 late cold spring and they didn't even make yeah so i mean they were honestly they were still in they were still in southern canada when when a lot of you know following the ice line back they're still in southern canada a lot of them when they should have been nesting um you know so a lot of them just i think a lot of them didn't even nest didn't even produce eggs jeez i uh i was reading the i was reading the hatch report and it said lessers 550 percent increase well if you go to read it it's the damn 
it's it's a minute population that winters in California is what they were talking about. Basically, the population went from thirteen thousand to two, or went from two thousand to thirteen thousand. But when I first yeah. read it, I was like, "Fuck yeah, Lester's up five fifty. That was not the case at all. Mm-hmm. So you got to be sure and read, uh, you know, what what little population that you're looking at. Oh yeah, and that's like all ours. So we have the St. James Bay population, which is not a very large population. Most of ours uh, are from like northern Canada. I, I think it's up and up around Nunavut. Um, but uh, I know all our snow geese come from uh, South Bylot Island up in Nunavut. But uh, I'm not exactly sure where the bulk of our Canada's come from. But yeah, that's they break it down by population. Fuckers when had they, me all excited. <laughs> it was not the case whatsoever. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. A couple weeks ago, Jeff sent me a text message and uh, said, I think I pissed away some money to Trevor and Nathan Coldiron also got in on that bet. Yeah, I yeah. did, I did <laughs> yeah. say that. After watching the second time, they're going to throw the ball a ton because that's what Kingsbury does. But they're going to be three and out a lot because they're fucking horrible. So it if they're three and out a bunch, they're not going to throw the ball as much as I thought. If they can have some sustained drives, they're going to nickel and dime and throw a bunch. We'll, we'll see. There's still money out there, but we're going to make you our guest picker this week. Um, so hold on a second before we get to that. What uh, When we had you on last time, you said that San Francisco was your dark horse. Is it still your dark horse seeing what you've seen in the preseason? I, I just can't, I can't place much faith on preseason stuff because i mean i sit there and watch san francisco and jeff wilson was tearing it up just like he did last year uh when when they ran through five different running backs and now they just cut him so you know you you have absolutely no clue um on on what's going to happen you know with stuff like that but i i would say yeah they're probably still my dark horse um I'm getting, <laughs> I'm starting to get a little biased uh, towards the Raiders because I've been watching Hard Knocks. Oh yeah, and and I'm looking at, uh, I'm like, man, you know, they're playing really well. You know, I, I like some of their players, but heck, you know, one of the best players I like, they waived. You know, Keelan Doss, well, which I think he'll, I think he'll sign. I know they waived him, and they're hoping he clears waivers and so that they can, you know, put him on the practice squad and then probably pull him up next year. Um, but I don't think he's going to clear waivers. I think somebody's going to pick him up. That kid, that kid was looking really good. If you, if you want to lose your money, just bet on the Raiders because that's what's going to happen this year. And I think that's the magic of Hard Knocks. I think Hard Knocks does that every year. Of course, yeah. it was right with the Cleveland Browns. Isn't that the year that they turned it around, or was it the year prior? Yeah, yeah. I didn't, and, and I and I didn't I didn't even watch it last year. Um, and I. Uh, but at the beginning of the year, I said I, I was watching Baker Mayfield. I'm like, man, they got Jarvis Landry there. They got Njoku, who's pretty good. I said they they have a good little stable of running backs. Um, I actually expected Carlos Hyde to be better than he was, and he was terrible. But I knew Duke Johnson was great, at, you know, in the passing game, and and I figured Nick Chubb would end up being pretty good. I didn't expect him to be as good as he was. Um, but you know, I knew they had a decent little team, and Miles Garrett and uh, and Denzel Ward, you know, are stud, young studs on that on that defense. And I, I called them. I think I said, uh, I think I had like a $100 bet that 
somebody gave me five and a half games over and under five and a half wins. And I was like, oh, they'll for sure win six. I was like, they'll probably win seven or eight. And I think they ended up winning seven. So I made a little bit of money off that bet. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly think, I mean, as we talked about before, I think they're going to be a 10-win team at least this year and win the division. But I think with so much expectations on them this year, they can't really be considered a dark horse, even though <laughs> they're the Browns, <laughs> which you just assume would, would be in a losing franchise. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to do picks, and we're going to ask you for your Super Bowl pick also for this year. So oh, I want to know who man, your Super now, Bowl now pick is. Now you really got to look into your crystal ball. Yeah, I mean that's what we're going to do here. Everybody's going to pick. You're going to pick. I Super mean, I, I guess it's just I guess it's just safe to say the Patriots because half a over half of Brady's seasons in the league, he's been in the Super Bowl. So, mm. so you're taking New England and who? Yeah, I, I got them, and then. And honestly, it might be a rematch. L.A. You, you know what? You know what? Nah, let's that. That's too easy. Let, let's do. I, I still want to go with the Patriots, but let's go with the Saints. See, I, I'm I'm on Jeff's the way Jeff is towards Tom Brady. That's how I am towards Drew Brees. So Jeff's always saying that this is the year Tom Brady falls off. He's been saying it for five or six years. I'm saying this is the year Drew Brees falls off. So who are you taking yeah, the Super Bowl, Andy? We'll get, we'll get to that after a while. Um, I'm not taking the Saints. I, I I think I think this is the year Brees falls off. Is what I'm saying. Well, I'm gonna pick my Super Bowl pick now, and I'm going with Kansas City and Philadelphia. I like Pittsburgh a lot, and that was my other pick was Pittsburgh and Philly, but I don't want all of Pennsylvania so, to have all that cheese, so I'm going to go with Kansas City yeah, and that's, Philly. Philly would be, uh, to me, it's between the Saints, Philly, and L.A. for the NFC. And honestly, Philly could definitely do it, but everything is riding on Wentz actually staying healthy for an entire season. I, I think it's the same, though, in their division, because if Dak goes down, the fucking Cowboys are horrible. And I'm not a Dak fan, but their backups are absolute trash. What do you think of Daniel yeah. Jones? <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I don't think he's very good. <laughs> you don't think you think uh, preseason just favorable matchup, second team, third stream defenses, and just lit them up. Uh, yeah, look at Kyle Loretta for the last two years. Ryan Mallett used to tear preseason up, and he was atrocious as an NFL quarterback. I mean, there's there's been so many preseason studs over the years that can't do anything when it comes to game day. You know, on a on an actual Sunday in regular season. So I mean, I I'd want to see more. I just I, I don't I don't. I don't see what the enamoration with the Giants and him are that they actually thought that he was going to go before they got back around to him with their second pick in the first round. But, um, I mean, it's we'll see. I mean, Eli is not going to be there for any more than this year. And, honestly, I think he'll, I think Jones will take the job halfway through the season. Because um, they'll just get tired of Eli and, and want to see what they have. I can but that. I think Jones has looked they, good. They they just they don't they don't really have any weapons, it, you know, other than Saquon and you know Evan Ingram. But he you know he's so slightly built and hurt all the time. Sterling Shepard's hurt all the time. Um, you know they don't they don't really have the weapons now that they got rid of Odell. Um, you know you take one piece out of that out of that offense. 
Um, and they got better. They, they did get better on the offensive line this year um, because they had been terrible. But you, you take away any one of those weapons, and it's a, it's a pretty weak team. Where I think, you know, if, if Drew Brees falls off, I don't really think that it matters too much if he falls off some because you got Michael Thomas that makes any quarterback better. Uh, you have Alvin Kamara that they're going to lean on. Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna lean on that running game down there, uh, just the way they have for the last two years. And the defense is, the defense is you know, a, a bend-but-don't-break bend defense, which is what the Patriots have won numerous, you know, Super Bowls on. You know, don't give up touchdowns. Give up a bunch of yards, but give up field goals. Were you blown away when Andrew Luck retired? What was uh, that? Were you blown away when Andrew Luck retired? Um, it was when I read it, it was a little surprising for the first minute. And then I was like, he's 30 years old. He's always hurt. He's made a lot of money. Yeah. I'd retire too. A lot of money. <laughs> lot. Somebody said yeah. he's going to be a history teacher now. Could be, could be oh, bullshit, yeah. I, but who knows? He's a weird guy. I, Read the shitload of books. I, yeah. I mean, he's incredibly intelligent i mean i think he needs to be a coach but i think he'd be an amazing coach i honestly think he could be the next you know mcveigh he wants but he wants to go do what he wants to do and he's got the money to do it and i don't think football is that important to him after it's over yeah and, and i said th- well here's my thing i think football was very important to him and i mean that like that dude got emotional over football yeah. for for years he's been emotional over football and and, you know, what he said in his press conference is just kind of drained all the fun out. I think if he takes a year or two off, it, the fire's going to come back. I mean, it's just, it was the same way with me for baseball. You know, I got, you know, playing a hundred plus games a year of baseball and I just got drained. And I was like, screw this. I hate, you know, I, I hate playing the game anymore. It's, yeah. you know, it's just an emotional and physical drain. And took like two years off and I was like, man, I miss it. <laughs> I read. I read somewhere that maybe Luck got hooked on pain pills that year he played hurt. You don't want to talk about that on the yeah. podcast. I read it. What the? I didn't write the fucking report. I haven't seen it nowhere else except you telling me that. I read it was. It was some. I think it might have even been Cowherd maybe talking about. It. I don't know. Said well, what the fuck is Luck going to come true. after me for? <laughs> he might. He's got some free time oh, now. Fuck. Might come whip your ass. Anyway, something that the year he played hurt said he might have got hooked on on pain pillars and said in his press conference he said I was at a dark place that I've told myself I'd never go back to. If that's what it took to play football, I wouldn't do it again. You know that wouldn't that would not surprise me because he has the support system around him to pull him out of a place like that. You know, and and he's you know he's a smart enough guy, but he also has a support system around him with his family and everything to pull him out of a spot like that. And for and he's you know reflective enough to look back on it and be self aware and be like, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to risk doing that again. Yeah, you know, and so that, I mean, I don't know if there's any validity to it, but it actually wouldn't surprise me if that was something that did occur. Yeah, I well, mean, that's. I'm not saying there's any validity to it. I'm just saying it's something I fucking read. Jeff, calm down over there. What, what are they going to do? I didn't write the fucking report. Somebody should be working for CNN. All right, All right let's do our draft. Let's do our picks. I've got to get the pick of hunters. It's time. All right, so this is week one. Do you have your? Wait, 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 hold on. You didn't give your Super Bowl pick. We both did. Oh fuck! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kansas City. 
And the fucking NFC is so tough. So tough. Mm-hmm. Trevor, you took – no, you took Philly, Jeff, right? And Trevor took New, New Orleans? Um, yep. Shit. I, it, it's so stacked. I'm going to go – I'm going to go – okay, I'm going to go – I'll differ from you two. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, and I'm going to go Philly. Fuck it. Pennsylvania, congratulations, Super Bowl is coming back to you. I mean, you, you, two, you two are really sold on Pittsburgh, aren't you? Well, I don't, why I don't, not? I don't want to pick New England because you two did. Or no, you did. Baker Mayfield's a dick. What the fuck is he? <laughs> he is a dick. I, I, I love He's Baker dick. Mayfield. What are, where did that come from? <laughs> He's a dick. I, don't, I'm, I have a hard time pulling. He's a dick. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll go, I'm going to go New England. I'm gonna go New England because I, I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh you're has changing the again now. Yeah, God, you're damn. catching me off guard. New England, <laughs> New. He's gonna change both teams. Now no, watch New England and Philly. Okay, is who I'm going with. And, New and England and Philly, and that would be that would be if I had to make a second pick. That would be my second pick. I mean, it's just the but, NFC is so tough. AFC is down yep. between uh, New England and Kansas City. So those are my so picks. Are, All right, you got you guys. You guys both sound like you're sold on Pittsburgh being good this year. I don't even think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're going to well, be I'd good. Well, I'd bet you money on that. Uh-oh. I, I'm not going to put money on that okay. because the AFC is so weak. Right. Well, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I'll put – well, what did I bet you on the – what am I going to win off of you on the Kyler Murray bet? Because I'll just do – I'll do double or nothing on that on the uh, on, on Pittsburgh okay, winning you, the you division. No, nah, I don't want them to win the division. said make the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they'll win the gonna, division too, but I don't. Baltimore's going to suck because their quarterback's going to suck, and, yep. and and it'll get broken in half halfway through the season. He's horrible. There ain't no you can't start here. Let's go to picks. I've got dove hunters. I've got to go check on. Okay, All right. first game is Green Bay and Chicago. And this is Andy's wild card. No, this is my upset of the week. The upset of the week. You get this is the. This is the game we're picking up this week, or do we all get to pick up? You get week? to pick whatever upset oh, okay, of the week, okay. whatever matchup you think okay. is going to be an upset. You get to pick it. This is my personal pick. I think Green Bay is going to beat Chicago week one. Okay, yeah, Andy's are, taking are we, Green are Bay. Are we going against? Are we picking against the spread, or are we picking no, straight up? Straight up. Just straight up. Chicago. Okay, hold on just a minute. The guest took Chicago, and I'm going to take Chi Town myself. All right. The next one on my list is the Rams at Carolina. Trevor, you go first. We'll we'll give you the honors. Hold, hold, hold on, on. Let's, let's go by my list since I've got the official list right now. Okay, down. that's fine. That'd be easier for me since I'm writing it down. Perfect. Tennessee and Cleveland. Tennessee at Cleveland. Tennessee at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland. Cleveland. Go on, Jeff. Call that your fucking upset or whatever you want. No, to do. but I tell you what, Tennessee's gonna be it's a pretty good football team. So we're all going Cleveland. Yeah. All right. Next, Jeff. Baltimore at Miami. Trevor. Oh, ba- Baltimore. Hmm. I'm going Baltimore also. I, I might hope so. Baltimore, Miami probably couldn't beat some college teams this year. They keep trading off players. Atlanta at Minnesota. You looking? You want me to pick first? Minnesota plays in the dome, right? Yes. Minnesota doesn't. Mm. Yeah, they do. Minnesota plays outside. No, with the dome. It's a retractable roof. I'm going Minnesota. I'll step out there. It's what? Minnesota has a retractable roof. I'm not going to argue that. I don't know. I'll go with that. I thought when they played the Super Bowl, it was colder and shit outside. No. Okay. 
So they. You're taking uh, Minnesota. Do you know what the line is? (laughs) No, I don't. I'm just going straight up Minnesota wins. That's got to be. Yeah, I know. That's got to be a point and a half line. I mean, that's got to be super tight. Uh, I'll go out there. I'll go Atlanta. You want to make that your upset pick of the week, or do you have another in mind? That's what. Is it even an upset though? Like, yeah, if, if they're fa- it's an upset if you take it. Who well, are, we'll we'll see. Who are you taking, Jeff? God dang it, Kirk Cousins sucks. I'm going to take Atlanta as my upset of the week. I strictly went with Minnesota because they're playing at home. Buffalo at New York Jets. Buffalo at New York. I'm going Jets. I'm going the Jets. I'm going Bills. Washington. I think at, jo- I think I think Josh Allen's going to run all over that defense. He he is going to be good. Washington at Philly. I took Philly. 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 The L.A. Radars at the Carolina Panthers. The Ra- Ra- Rams. Or the Rams, I'm sorry. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. Rams. Kansas City at Jacksonville. That's an easy one. KC for me. Kansas City. Kansas City. <laughs> Not even close. Indy no. at the L.A. Chargers. 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 Indy. You didn't want to say that, did you, Trevor? No, I just I, – I know I, – I mean, they should win it, but they're notorious for losing games that they should win. I mean, they lost to the one-win Browns. I'm, <laughs> yep, I'm taking Indy. Cincinnati at Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle. Yep, Seattle. Yeah, I'll take Seattle too. The Giants versus the Dickheads. I mean, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yep, I'm taking Dallas also. Yep, Cowboys, Absolutely. Detroit at Arizona. One of these teams is going to win a game this year. <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> Arizona because they're at home. I'm going to take Detroit. Uh, that was another I'm tough take, one. I mean, fuck. Who knows? I, I, I'm going to take Detroit. Did, did you do Tampa Bay? At, yeah. Or San, Francisco? San Francisco at Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay at home. I'm taking Tampa also. I'll, I'm, I'll be different again. I'll take San Fran. And Monday night game. No, Sunday. Or sun, Do we not have a Monday night game? I guess it's in the other ones. I got them. So the Monday, Sunday night game, Pittsburgh at New England. I'm taking my boy Big Ben. New England. New England. Okay. Do you have the Monday night? I got the Monday night game what, right here. What is the Monday night game? It's Houston at New Orleans. Oh, I didn't have it down on this list, I guess. I'm going New Orleans. Yeah, me too. It it New Orleans has to be favored, right? I'm sure. That's my upset pick of the week. If they if New Orleans is favored, I'm picking Houston. Okay. And then there's a second Monday night game: Denver at Oakland. I'm going Oakland. Hold on, I think the thing didn't have all the shit wrote down on it. Yeah, I'll go Oakland too. Jeff, what's your upset of the week? Well, hold on, I'm fixing to tell you which one. I was going to take one earlier, but I know what I'm going to do now. Okay, y'all took what now? You took- we both took Oakland. Boy, it's ugly. I'm going to probably go Oakland, too. My upset of the week is going to be 
Detroit at Arizona. What a pussy. How's that a pussy pig? You're taking Green Bay. You're taking a guy that's won a Super Bowl. I'm taking Matthew Stafford. He's fucking horrible, too. Both of those teams are terrible. Well, I know. Thursday's going to be a clash well, of the who, Titans. Yeah. Who Who is who is favored in that Detroit-Arizona game? Well, I would assume that Arizona is at home. It can't be by much, though. No, it's got uh, – it might, it might be even money, honestly. It might be a pick of Hey, we don't need all your theatrics, okay? I'm trying to steal my chances. <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, I know you're at a Labor Day party, so we'll let you get back to it. I appreciate you stepping out of there long enough to talk to us and do this uh, stupid little pick thing that we got here. Uh, yeah, no problem. Trevor, you have a good day and have a great season, and we'll be in touch and get some migration reports from you this winter. All right, we'll do. I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow. We open Dove tomorrow, so I'm heading out to some public land and, and going to uh, try a little patch I got over by my house. So You ever have? Where can awesome. people reach you, by the way? Throw that, throw that little plug in there. Uh, uh, can reach me. Uh, all my contact info is at www.blacktimbercalls.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook uh, under Trevor Michael Shanahan uh, and Black Timber Calls as well. And then also on Instagram as uh, uh, crap, T underscore Rexo2 and then Black Timber Calls uh, as well on Instagram. Perfect. Well, it was great as always, man. I appreciate you uh, taking time out for us. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you later. Yep, take it easy. Have a good season, guys. See you, bud. All right, thank you. I'm going to whip, whip y'all's going? asses on that pick em. Well, we'll What see. a pussy move. Tip Detroit at Arizona. How is that a pussy move? Pussy you, move. You told me that it had You're to be You're taking two of the ugliest teams and like, oh, fuck, one of these is going to win. You said it, all it had to be was an underdog. Okay, yep. Uh, I was right. going to take Atlanta over Minnesota. Would that make you feel better if I do it that way? Well, you think it's more no, fair? No, no. No, if, if you think it's more fair that way, I will. No. Okay. And the, and just for me and you, stats, the upset counts as two wins, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. All right. Correct. And we can give the guests two two points also, and we'll just keep a tally. Of you, me, versus all the guests. Yes. So. And I've got a week I'm keeping this book. We'll have it all year right here. Perfect. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll be surprised if I got one wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so will everybody else. Fuck off. I know the rumors about Andrew Luck. I didn't start the rumors. I fucking read it. Do you have some proof? Yeah, I'll find okay, it. Okay. I'll you, find you're, it You're again. like a CNN guy spitting <laughs> off shit about <laughs> that is, Trump that's not true. That is a little CNN-ish. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. God bless you all. Have a good, great week and have a great Labor Day.